This is Adam Gorney with the Respect My Decision podcast heading into the NFL draft starting Thursday. And we are joined by Steve Clarkson, quarterback guru, knows all these guys, has trained a lot of them, worked with them, all that kind of stuff over the years. And so there's probably no one better to talk to about them, especially at the top, Steve, where it looks like Bryce Young probably goes number one, although there's some rumors about Will Levis on Reddit <laughs> that is making the rounds this morning. Um what do you remember about Bryce as a, as a player, as a person, and would it be smart for Carolina to take him number one? Well, let's start with, you know, who he is as the person. I mean, this is a kid that he's about that life, meaning football. I mean, he is a gem rat. Um, he probably is the best person to be the poster child of playing multiple sports, um, you know, to, to, to get this far, because a lot of what you see – he is truly a point guard on the football field. A lot of his movements are subtle, but very effective. Um, his ability to always maintain focus downfield. You saw it at a very, very early age. I had him, he played in my throwback football league when he was like a seventh, eighth grader. And he was dominant there. Then he went on to play the IE Ducks and won a national championship there. So he's always been that pedigree. And then um, he went to Cathedral, I mean, he was dominant there, but he was at Cathedral. And, you know, no offense to the to the program or the division. They were like, I, I want to say Division Four, so, you know, somewhere in that area. Maybe Division Seven, actually, when I, I'm recalling. So you just, you weren't sure. Like, yeah, he, he's good, but look where they're playing. And then when he went to modern day, you know, obviously following JT Daniels, that was big shoes to feel. And he was sensational. Um yeah, you know, a lot of pressure there, and he just he just showed you that he was really unaffected by his environment, and he always was very stoic in in the in the from the standpoint of you know he made a great play, you, you had you know minimal emotion, bad play was still the same. He just didn't really react, and I think that made him really you know spe you know a special person. And I, like I said, I. I didn't. I didn't really see it so much when he was at Cathedral, but boy, when he got to modern day after about midway through the season, it was something. And then we had the fortunes, great fortune, of falling around for QB one that year, his last year. And as good as he was his junior year, I thought, even though they didn't win the national the uh, national championship that year, I thought he was better his senior year. And uh, you know the adversities that he had, you know, trying to get this team over. I remember. Uh, I was talking to you, I think, before the St. Francis game, and I was talking to his dad, and I know his dad wasn't very confident they were going to win that game. Just looked across, he saw dudes everywhere, and there was Bryce just battling. As great as modern-day teams have been, they hadn't necessarily put out a lot of Division One players for someone, a program, to have that kind of success. I mean, you had a lot of a lot of journeyman-type players that just bought into the program, and they got it done. Bryce was, was obviously – special in that regard because he was able to make these guys appear i thought better than what they were in a lot of cases so um yeah that was somebody that that obviously i've followed him for a long time and i'm i'm very convinced there's no doubt he's the number one quarterback going in this year's draft you don't trade up to get well levis i, yeah. I think levis is a great player but you're not trading up to get him you get fired if, if will doesn't do well if yeah. bryce young doesn't do well, you still keep your job if you're a GM. I remember that game against St. Francis, like you said, Chris Braswell, who played with Bryce at Alabama, was coming off the edge, and 
Bryce just sort of like dodged him. It wasn't like he was faster than him. He was just smoother. He just felt, he felt him like John Stockton sort of felt players when he was playing for the jazz. And then Jordan tolls was a guy that ended up at LSU a safety. And he would just kind of look him off and go, go the other side. And mm-hmm. I think they were up something like 42, nothing at halftime. And it was just yeah. almost like comical how good yeah. Bryce was. And, and that's the thing, even in 2020, and that was a class of 2020, I was still like a little hesitant because he was, you know, maybe six feet, five, 11 mm-hmm. and a half, something like that. And I was, is he, a, can, will he be a first round pick because of his size? But over these last three or four years, it's really just changed the entire position. Is there any concern for that? Does it even matter anymore how tall you are? No, I don't think so. I always used to crack up, you know, being someone that played and I wasn't very big. I was six one in college. Yeah. And, you know, people say, oh, you, you, you got to be able to see over and throw over. I've never thrown over anybody. Yeah. Dan McGuire, who was the tallest quarterback ever to play the game, him and, and uh, Mark Wilson, they were both six seven, six eight. They had more passes batted down than anybody in the league the years they played because they threw down. Yeah. And, you know, and so that notion of, well, you know, they got to be at XYZ height. That's vastly overrated. Um, I think the, the I think the biggest thing that you've seen, the biggest change that's kind of gone under the under the radar in regards to, you know, this position in particular is you can afford to make a mistake and it doesn't kill your franchise. So, you know, and that is the you know, the 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 salary cap in the rookie wage scale so that you can only pay so many dollars to the rookies. So if you do, you know, like somebody that comes along that following year, that's a little bit, you know, better for your program, you go ahead and you take them and you move off the guy. I mean, that's what happened in Arizona with uh, Josh Rosen. I mean, you know, who would have thought that he'd be, you know, just a journeyman. I didn't think that, you know, when he was coming out of UCLA, I thought he rose that program to, to much better heights than what it was for the talent that surrounded him. But it didn't work out that way in the, in the NFL. And a lot of it just goes down to fit. But I think the biggest thing and the reason why you know the, it's not so big of a big deal is because of that. And the quarterback position in general is just looked at differently. I think now it's been proven you 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 got to win a championship within the first five years of that high first round pick. And then after that, you know, you, so you surround them with players, you build that team, and then you have options. And I think a new option now is just what, what the Baltimore Ravens just did with um, Lamar Jackson. And that is, you know, they're going to now forget the franchise. We're going to use the, you know, the, the soft franchise, if you will, yeah. the one that gives you picks and it lets somebody else set the market. And nobody's going to do that because it, it ties you up, you know, from a salary standpoint, if you bid on this guy, that money's got to go in escrow and you can't do anything for seven days. Well, if you're a team that's kind of, you know, on the cusp of winning, you can't afford to be off the market that long. So I think that's going to be another strategy. So essentially that literally takes a quarterback who's really good, takes them into seven years. Or if you're Patrick Mahomes and you, you're kind of ahead of the, the curve and you say you're going to bet on yourself and you're going to go with the, with the Brady model, meaning I'm going to be the very best quarterback that's out there. I'm going to be legendary and I'm going to make money off the field. I'm going to win championships and I'm going to always be going back to the table in three years to help the team. And I'm going to get my money that way. Yet at the same time, I'm going to win games. So, you know, when I look at the position now, they're looking at the quarterback. If you get, it's a, it's a five-year plan. Show me what you can do in five years. Okay. Well, that's still not enough. Show me what you can do under a franchise situation. That may not be enough. Show me another year and then we'll figure it out. 
and I think that's kind of what you're seeing. Uh, the Jalen Hurts situation, he, you know, he signs a contract extension because I think he looked at the Patrick Mahomes model and said, I think this is a better way for me to go. I like the system. I like the franchise. I like the organization and how they run things. And so let me guarantee my spot. Let me win games. I'm making enough money. I want to make the, I'm going to play the long game and not just look at short-term gain. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is definitely interesting uh, as, as you look at, especially the quarterback position here, we moved to CJ Stroud who had a phenomenal career at Ohio state but might be the one player in this draft who was throwing to more talented receivers at Ohio state than he would be on his NFL team, especially if he goes to Houston. Um, what do you remember about CJ? And, and he was sort of sort of not off the radar, but didn't emerge until much later, uh, maybe even into his senior year, but then went to Columbus and just absolutely killed it. Yeah. I mean, look, you didn't hear about him until I didn't hear about him until I guess he was a finalist for elite 11. Yeah. And then, okay. But, you know, they've always, you know, Lee Levin's always found that one guy that was kind of off the grid and, you know, they discovered him and, you know, it, it ends up working out well for them. Um, CJ going to Ohio State, I wasn't sure. I mean, I didn't know. They're just, to your point, there just wasn't enough data to, to understand what you were getting. Um, unfortunately, I, I think, well, let me go back to the, to some of the rumors that you've heard recently, which I think are asinine. You know, they talked about him not going to the Manning camp, uh, and that's maybe a factor in his personality. Look, I had that kid at the retreat last year, and he was only obligated to do one day. He did both. Yeah. And, and you know, and was a great contributor to the camp. He was a great mentor to the kids. I mean, he stayed well after it was done, signed every autograph, did, you know, every photo. Just an amazing young man. And, um, He's even been a, a great mentor to my son Pierce. I mean, he's been in contact and just he's just a great guy. So I don't understand any of that and how that plays. Now that and the S2 test score being low just sounds yeah. like someone floated some BS, I think. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because it's you know, they you know so they get that gets out there and yeah. unfortunately, you know, some of the times, you know, these are agents float that out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, because they get the score, so it's not necessarily, you know, clubs don't want that out there, but certainly, you know, you could get an agent who's got the information and say, yeah, this is what's going on. They call a writer and next thing you know, organically, you got this, this mushroom effect. Right. Um, but I think probably the bigger detriment right now is that Ohio State has, as you said, had the pick of the litter at the wide receiver position. They've been dominant uh, this year's uh, 23 classes, sort of evident of that. They just keep you know, turning them out. Yeah. And unfortunately the Ohio state quarterback just hasn't really done much in the national football league. Give me the one guy that's done. I mean, right now it's Justin Fields is the closest thing we've gotten. Right. I mean, uh, Dwayne Haskins was promising, but maybe he needed another year. Um, you know, CJ Barrett, uh, uh, uh Braxton Miller, Cardell Jones. Yeah. All, all those guys, you know, they just, they just never, they never panned out because the, the the things that they were teaching there just they didn't translate well at the na- at the next level. And I think people were scared of that with with uh, Stroud. I think you know because physically he's got all the tools. I mean, he's a great thrower of the football. He's got great anticipatory skills. He shows all that. But then you start looking at the system, and unfortunately, when you get to this part of the game, they're looking at ways that they shouldn't. They're looking for things why they shouldn't draft you, right? Because they're just scared, right? You know. Um, you know, paralysis by analysis, that old, you know, that old sure. saying, I think the longer they have to think on somebody, 
they tend to you know shy away. And I think with CJ, it's certainly not a skill set issue. Yeah, he's been the starter for two years there, so you got enough there to show you something. Um, but how CJ CJ shouldn't worry about where you know what number he goes. He should just worry about who's picking him yeah. and what you know what is their front office like. Because at the end of the day, that's I remember going through this with Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, you know, he was battling Eli Manning and and Philip Rivers. And I remember you know talking to him and said, "Look, you don't want to be in that first or second or third. I mean, you want to go somewhere like right in the middle because that's always kind of the sweet spot. You have, yeah. you know." really good defense usually, you know, good running game, and you have enough around you where you can be successful early, right? I mean, look what happened to Patrick Mahomes, you know, going to Kansas City. You know, he was able to go somewhere and sit and learn, but the team was really good around him. He had an excellent front office, and they did what they needed to do, right? And um, I think with with Ben, he was able to – I think he went – if I'm not mistaken, he was number 13. He was the 13th pick, if I'm not mistaken, that year. And, you know, he's a, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, you know, because he went to the right place. So any of these guys, this notion of these guys, well, this guy's a bust. There are 64 quarterbacks in the world that are on right. NFL rosters. Let's think about that for a minute. Yeah. You cannot fake your way that high right. and not be good. So if a kid doesn't make it, that's an organizational problem. That's yeah. not a kid problem because they know how to develop. They know what it takes to get done. They got that far. They went through the muddy waters to get there. So, you know, when you start looking around, where is CJ going to be? I don't want to be number two if I'm him. Yeah, That's a defensive coordinator. I mean, yeah. you know what that's going to be about. Number three, you didn't have to worry about it. Number four, you're kind of, you know, you're right down the way from Ohio State. You know, yeah. you're a couple hour drive and, you know, you got your home base there. People know you. you're going to play in a dome. I, I think that's a great spot for the next quarterback. I wouldn't want any part of two or three. Yeah, two. Uh, and like you said, it, you know, two, you know, you hear Will Anderson, you hear this, you hear that. Who knows what's going to happen Thursday night? But, and like I said, when he was at Ohio State, he was throwing to Garrett Wilson, who's the maybe the Jets' best receiver. He was throwing to Chris Olave, who's coming up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as one of the best receivers in the league. He was throwing to, you know, Marvin Harrison, who's gener- maybe generational at, at that, yeah. at Jackson Smith and Jigba, who might be the first you know, receiver taken in the top 10. Here's who the Texans have at receiver. Robert Woods, who has been very good, but is certainly on the, you know, back part of his career, the back nine. Nico Collins, Noah Brown, John Meachie, Amari Rogers, Jalen Camp. Those are their receivers. Um, yeah. Not exactly a, a who's who here. Uh, yeah. And like you said, D'Amico Ryans gets that job and it's going to be defense, defense, defense there. So yeah. Like you said, two, three or four might even might even be better for him. Now let's move to Levis and uh, Anthony Richardson, especially because he mm-hmm. intrigues me the most. Because I think NFL teams fall in love, no matter they do it every year. They fall in love with pro days and they fall in love with athleticism over skill sometimes. And the and what I'm saying about Richardson, and feel free to disagree if you do, fifty four point seven percent completion percentage scares the hell out of me if he if if he's going to be a top 10 pick and he was in the discussion for maybe number one overall well again let's go back to fit where did he play and you know for better or worse i mean those are you're you're drafting him on what he could be yeah so if i am the owner i'm the general manager i have to be confident that if i'm going to take this guy where we're going to we're talking top five pick when it seems like certainly top 10 yeah 
then I have to be confident in the people that I have are going to be able to develop him. And I have to understand, depending on you know where we are, I'm not going to throw him into the fire right now because right. there's things that, you know, there's going to be quite a jump. I need him to succeed. So first and foremost, I'm going to make sure that he is surrounded by, you know, personnel that are going to be around the clock to make sure that that learning curve is as short as possible. So he's going to get, we're going to bring in a, a specialist just for him. He's going to have the quarterback coach. He's going to have, we're going to have a team around him to make sure that is, he succeeds. He has the skill set, no doubt about it. Um, yeah. You know, he's what six foot five, six foot six, two hundred and forty pounds. He runs a four three. You cannot ignore the skill set. What yeah. you have to uh, avoid is the temptation to get him on the field at all costs because you're so happy to get this new toy and you want to display him. Yeah. What you really got to do is be able to be patient. So when you start looking at that draft, and you start to say, well. You know, who's set up for him to be, you know, in that scenario? Well, Seattle, to me, is kind of that that team that I would look at. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you just you, you, you got Geno Smith, who you just signed. But, you know, he's he's been proven to be a, a team guy. And Pete Carroll's a defensive wizard. And, you know, the, the NFC West is in, you know, they're kind of on the rebuild with an exception of the 49ers. Obviously, I think they're the team, right? Yeah. Um, so I kind of look at them as maybe the first team to really watch to see where it makes sense. But you don't want him going in someplace without a solid veteran and somebody that can you know lead him through. Um, and I don't know where Seattle picks. What are they, sixth or something fifth, like that? Fifth, I think. Yeah, I had him going seventh to the Raiders in the sense that Jimmy Garoppolo will come in for a year or two. He'll learn under the ropes, and then he'll kind of take over. But f- five makes sense, too. Yeah, I don't you know. I, I think people are – I would be afraid of sending him to Vegas only because I think Jimmy Garoppolo is better than people think. Yeah. I think he's just, you know, I don't, like he's not going to wow you with, you know, with his, you know, will to win or personal, but he does enough good things that he can win games for you because he doesn't make really a lot of mistakes. Right. His biggest thing has always just been healthy. Yeah. What's got, yeah. You know, he's played well and then he got hurt you know, and it's happened time and time again. So I think under Josh McDaniels, who I think, you know, he may be under a little pressure too. So he's got to be careful. You're not, you're not going to draft somebody that high for somebody else to coach him. So I think you took Jimmy Garoppolo, you paid him a few dollars. I think you roll with that. You go get, you know, Jimmy, either some linemen or you get, you got to, you got to try to win this year, or at least get to second, you know, because right now, look at that. Look at the AFC West. Yeah, my goodness. Yeah, every one of those teams, and and you and with Sean Payton, you got to say that you know Russell Wilson's going to come back much better than he's ever been. Yeah, you got four teams there. Who's going to make the play? You know, two wild cards are going to come out of there. Can yeah. you be one of the two? It's questionable because the L.A. Chargers or something. You know the uh, uh, you got the Broncos, you got the Chiefs, and you got the Raiders. I mean, that's that's a tough haul. So I don't see them. You know wasting that in a quarterback they got to try to win some win now that's why i, I kind of lean still towards seattle uh that's but the real quick. yeah that that real one is going to be number four what happens yeah. yeah let's talk quickly on levis and, and your take on him couldn't win the job at penn state now that might have been loyalty to sean clifford it might have been a mistake by james franklin not playing levis who was clearly a, a more dynamic athlete and player than clifford was um goes to kentucky has a huge year, um, but still 
end ended his career 46 touchdowns 25 picks uh and his senior year was probably uh not as good as his junior year some injuries in there your take i think your take is definitely not one over bryce that would be ridiculous but is this guy even a top five guy no he's a top five talent yeah for sure. um so let's go into let's dig in his bag uh Someone has a son at Louisville. You kind of, you know, have to kind of lean into the anti-hate of Kentucky. I, I, I I'm not one of those. Uh, I forgot. I, I, I appreciate talent, and I think he's ex- immensely talented. Um, I think he has a certain personality that I can vibe with. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. Let's break him down. His junior year, I thought he was sensational. Um, but he had Leon Cohen as his offensive coordinator as a pro guy, and, and they were very efficient. Uh, but he's never played with great talent. Yeah. And he really hasn't. Nice. And he's played in the tough SEC, and, you know, he's had to play some big games. And I thought that, you know, he was able to win games that they probably ordinarily shouldn't have won, but he willed them to victory. And then his last year, he has a new coordinator. That's tough. As someone that, you know, Dennis Erickson is my godfather. I played, you know, he, I was I played at San Jose State. He was my coordinator, but my last year, he went on to Idaho to take the head coaching job. And it's a you know Jack Elway, God rest his soul. He was great, but he wasn't necessarily a coordinator. He was just a guy that you know you just love to play for, right? Yeah, I think Levis had four coordinators in four years. Yeah, you know, and so like if I would I would say if he had had Leon Cohen as his coordinator, you know, this past year you'd be talking about him, you know, probably maybe the number one pick, you know, him and Bryce would be going head to head. I I think he's that talented. Um, So I'm going to give him, you know, a a much softer uh, uh, criticism because I don't think there's really, I don't think it's warranted. I think he just had, you know, the victim of some circumstances. Yes. He got the hell beat out of him and he got hurt, but I think he's going to be a, you know, again, where does he go? Indianapolis again is another logical fit. He's right around the way. Uh, I think he would be a, you know, a, he or Stroud would be a very popular pick for Indianapolis. So yeah. that, you know, the, the real thing is what happens when one of those guys are gone. Yeah. And where does the next, I mean, does then Anthony Richardson jump ahead of the other? Cause I think Seattle is, you know, I, I think well, just, that 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 meat of the draft is right there, and it's going to get interesting to see what the free fall is at that point. But I would tell any of these quarterbacks, if I'm, you know, mentoring them, if you're, you know, nine, ten, eleven, you're in a very good position to yeah. do extremely well. So don't sweat it. All right, last question. I've kept you long enough. There is some executive personnel guy this week that said that. This draft isn't as good. Next year's will be far better. And that Caleb Williams, they didn't name him, but Caleb Williams and Drake May would be drafted higher than any quarterback in this draft. Do you think that's gamesmanship or do you think that's legit? Would you take Caleb Williams over Bryce? Would you take him over Stroud? Where would you kind of place those two if they were in this draft? Um, I think Caleb Williams is the interesting one. You're not taking Drake May over over Bryce, I don't care who's smoking what. Nah, I don't see it. I mean, look, he's a very good quarterback, but how did he finish the year? Yeah. I mean, he started yeah. off, you know, it was like he was Mercury, and then it just, you know, now obviously you play a course of the season and things change, but 
Um, no, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't see that at all. Um, you know, and I, look, I'm going to tell you a name that you better be paying attention to. And he's up playing in the Northwest, Michael Penix Jr. Yeah. Yeah. To me, I'm taking him over Drake May. Yeah. You care about lefty quarterbacks? Does that not matter? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Hey, one of my favorite old school quarterbacks was a lefty by the name of uh, Douglas. Played with the old Chicago Bears. I thought he was a hell of a player. But no, I, I don't have I don't have any uh, you know issues with you know Steve Young, <laughs> hell of a quarterback, left handed. But putting you on the spot, you're the GM of the Panthers. Do you take uh, Bryce Young or do you take Caleb Williams? Well, that, that is a tough one. You got two Heisman Trophy winners. Uh, I'm going to tell you how good this is. I'm going to take a dartboard. I'm going to put a blindfold on. I'm going to throw it at. I got two names and give me one. I'm good. Uh, always, always filibustering. <laughs> Steve, I appreciate the time, man.